When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Humans at Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. And in this podcast, we like to find out a little more about those that we see on the track in the sport of Speedway, as well as those that work at the other side of the air fence as well. In this episode, we're speaking to a former Australian champion and a British Premiership winner, Brady Kurtz. Came over to Europe the first the first seasons. Jason actually, well, it was probably around the same time he retired and uh, actually bought a lot of stuff off him when he retired and uh yeah he started helping me a lot in my in my senior career and uh yeah it's, it's pretty cool that they were probably my heroes when i was a kid and now i can say that i'm probably friends with both of them and uh it's pretty cool to think about it actually brady kurtz captained the bellevue aces to the premiership title in british speedway in 2022 he's also featured on the grand prix scene as well as a wild card back in 2016 in melbourne we'll get to find out about all of his career and find out how his dream meeting would look as well in this episode of Humans of Speedway. Welcome to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and in this episode, we're chatting to the man who ended 29 years of hurt for the Bellevue Aces fans in captaining the Aces to that league title in 2022. He is Brady Kurtz. Welcome to Humans of Speedway, Brady. Thanks for coming on. Um, this time of year, though, you're usually back in Oz, I think. What are you still doing here, and how are you enjoying the the great British winter? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, yeah, I've never been in the UK this long before. I don't think I've never, I've definitely never made December. How life changes, eh? But soon you will be back at Down Under because you're going to be there in time for the Australian Speedway Centenary, which is a big event being organised by Darcy Ward. It's actually over two days, but uh, the the solos riding as such, uh, which you'll be involved in, is on December 29th, and it's an epic lineup. 
Um, probably one of the best lineups I think there would have been in Australia for a very long time, if if not ever, uh, with uh, Ty Wolfenden, Jason Doyle, Max Frick, Dan Bewley, Jacob Hook, Adam Ellis, Rasmus Jensen, Chris Holder, Declan Kennedy, Ryan Douglas, Rowan Tungate, Jamin Lidsey, Keenan Rue, Sam Masters and Tate Zitschk, uh, and Brady Kurtz as well. Uh, so this is this is going to be a big event to get the... the uh, the winter season really kickstarted there. Uh, yeah, I've seen the lineup looks really cool. I think possibly the best lineup we've had that I've ever seen anyway. So uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good meeting. Darcy always puts on a good show. He's been doing doing a really good job in Brisbane the last few years. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited. I think it'll be a big event. And then after that, you've got the the big epic mission that is the Australian Championships. And in our sort of previous episode. Of- a couple of episodes back, actually, we spoke to Ben Cook and we talked in quite some detail about the Australian Championships. But that'll be coming along very soon, the best of Australia. And, of course, you have got some heavy talent there, Jack Holder, Chris Holder, Jason Doyle, of course, uh, along with yourself, uh, all battling it out for that Australian title. And you'll be looking to regain the title that I think, what, you first won in 2016, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the... Obviously, we haven't seen the lineup for the Championships yet, but I'm sure it'll be definitely competitive no doubt and uh i think australian speedway's never really been in a better spot i don't think the the championships have never been tougher that's for sure you know you can look at the top eight guys who could all probably win and uh yeah and there's a lot of up and coming aussie riders who are also chasing you know the top spots now and uh yeah it's it's going to be a difficult one that's for sure it's a long series five rounds a lot of traveling and uh it's a pretty big job to to do it all and uh yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough two weeks of speedway. I think bit of a travelling circus as well, isn't it? I know Ben Cook was was saying really that uh, you know you you do your meeting and then you you're driving through the night, sometimes almost for a, a a day on end to to get to the next location, and then of course you've got to get yourself ready, bikes ready, and set up for the next meeting, and uh, all comes at you pretty rapid fire, doesn't it? Yeah, there's kind of no other way to do it really. We're only there for a short amount of time and uh yeah once we get on the road we kind of don't stop no one really goes home for the whole two weeks you're just constantly traveling track to track and i'm not exactly sure how far it is between all the rounds i couldn't give you that stat but it's definitely a lot of miles that's for sure yeah absolutely i think two thousand two and a half thousand maybe slightly more in kilometers as well when i was talking to ben cook obviously we, we discussed the town that he came from cowra which is somewhat three or four hours outside of uh, Sydney. It's sort of in the middle of nowhere, he was telling us. And then I was looking into you, Brady, and, and you're from the same town as uh, as Ben and Zach Cook, and of course your brother, uh, Todd. Um, so this, this little town in the middle of nowhere, um, comparatively anyway, out, outside of uh, Sydney in New South Wales of Cowra is a bit of a bit of a speedway hotbed there now. So what's the story there? Tell us about that. Yeah, a few of us coming out of there. Um, I think our families have been friends for longer than, than I can remember, that's for sure. Our, our dads were, both our parents were all friends when they were younger. And uh, so me, Ben and Zach, and obviously my brother Todd have known each other our entire lives and grew up riding together. And uh, yeah, we've been friends for a really long time. 
Yeah, small world, um, and, but Australia is a big place. And this was something else we were talking about, just how big Australia is. And I've got a previous video on the Humans of Speedway socials of Australia superimposed onto Europe and just how vast Australia would be if you if you put it on top of the land that we know. You know it's big, but you can't actually see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And to put it in comparison, it was like if, if Workington was the farthest point west, then the farthest point east, you know, you go into like the Gold Coast or Brisbane, that would be like going to Kazakhstan. It's uh, you know, a, a fair old distance in, in uh, Australia to, to travel across. Yeah, in our town, Kaura, we have just our town, 10,000 people, around 10,000 or something. And then if you want to go to the next town, it's a 100 kilometres drive, which is 62 mile or, or something like that. So there's absolutely nothing in between. Yeah, there's not a, a great deal going on in the area. But what it does have, Kaura, is a speedway track. Um, which maybe answers why there are so many Speedway riders that have come from this very small town. But your family has a, a bit of an involvement in that story as well. It started out as a flat track, like the MX bikes race on the... We had a really successful flat track club. I mean, my dad's actually the the president of it. And that's where pretty much all of us started riding. And uh, now we all grew up and started racing Speedway. They've actually put in a Speedway track, which is pretty cool and it took a it took a long while to get it to get it put in and all the earthworks and everything but now it's there and set and uh yeah i think in the future they're they're looking to to host possibly some bigger meetings maybe an australian round in the future we'll we'll see well this is the thing isn't it and i was i do this podcast with kelvin tatum as well and he he was sure uh that there was going to be an australian round in 2024 in the in the grand prix and obviously there isn't and he was quite surprised by that um, it has been a long time since the Grand Prix has, has been down under. And uh, as you say, the, the, the amount of talent and, and so on, the position that Australian Speedway is in, it really now is crying out for a round down there, isn't it? Yeah, I think it would be, it would be great to have it back, obviously. But I think the, the logistics of it is the main problem, you know, the, the cost of everything. And I think they can't really find the, the right location to host it, I think when it was in the Etihad Stadium in Melbourne, the stadium was pretty much just too big, I think, cost too much money. It was the stadium's even bigger than the Cardiff Stadium and uh, to fill that up in Australia is not really realistic. I think they needed to find a smaller stadium that they could fill. But where that is, you're asking probably the wrong person. But, uh, yeah, possibly if a temporary track, oh, not a temporary, a permanent track could, could step up and hold it, but then obviously none of them could really hold the capacity. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues to, to make it happen, but it would be, would be cool to, to get it back out to Australia again. Bit of a project for Darcy to get his teeth in, you think, to, because I think he, he might be the guy, maybe, that can make it happen. Possibly. If, if someone can do it, then it definitely could be him. Yeah, um, we'll we'll wait and see on that one, but um, I'm sure it won't be too long before we get Grand Prix back down under, all being well. So anyway, back to your story. Um, started off with sort of motocross, flat track, and then Speedway came into it. So what was your progression then into Speedway and, you know, I suppose following in your brother's footsteps, I guess, in, in, in the sport? And, and when did you realise, you know, this is something, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty good at this? Uh, well, obviously Todd's a good four years older than me, so he's he was a fair a fair step ahead of me, and I pretty much just followed along. I never I never really considered 
doing anything else. There was just always when he was uh, 16 or 17, he came to England and started riding. And at that time I would have only been 13 or, or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was always my path, I guess. I think uh, when I was 16, I went, or 15, I went to and lived in Denmark with Rasmus Jensen, actually. His family took me in and I raced in, in the lower Danish league there my first season before I could get a visa to race in England. So uh, I'd done that for a year, went back to the to Australia, raced in the Australian season, done like really quite well. And then uh, I'd done my first year at Somerset the, the following year. I think that was 2014, a little while ago now. And uh, yeah, I've been here ever since. It was a cool little place, Somerset. It's a shame it's not there anymore. It was one of my favourite tracks, actually. And I think also just the the location as well. You're in a nice part of the world there. Maybe a little bit too much cider. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I'm sure you had a great time. Yeah, it's a shame to, to see it go. You know, it was obviously my first club and I had a lot of good memories there and I had a really good really good relationship with Debbie and Gaza. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a great club. It's it's definitely, definitely a shame to see it go and that the track's permanently gone. So, uh Yes, yeah, definitely a shame, and uh... yeah, it is. It is a loss, a big loss um, to, to Speedway. It was a fantastic little venue. Um, back to Australia, then, and, and you're in Australia. What sort of Speedway do you watch over there? You know, when you're a youngster or, or whatever, and, and coming through the ranks, what is your Speedway education or kind of view of, of British or European Speedway? What what's on the TV? What do you get to see? Before Todd come, I don't think we really knew a whole lot about the British League. Back then, well, there wasn't phones and internet and all that wasn't as really up to date as we are now. And uh, yeah, I can't really, I'm sure I would have watched some DVDs or something like that at home with with some British League matches on it. And uh, yeah, well, I was, when Todd came, he would have been 16 and I was 13 or 14 and that was pretty much when I started watching the British League or learning about it and knew what it was and uh, yeah I, th- I think uh, we only used to watch the GP series really that was always on TV when I was a kid I remember watching that forever and uh, obviously when like Jason and Lee Todd Wilshere, Ryan Sullivan were all were all in the series and uh, that's probably my first memories of really watching Speedway and understanding what it is I guess. Speedway in Australia has delivered some you know, some of the very best riders ever, some world champions, Jason Crump, um, Lee Adams, just, you know, a couple to get us started there, many, many more behind them. Um, who were your influences, your heroes, I suppose, as you were a youngster growing up? Uh, I think for sure Jason and Lee were both the heroes when I was when I was a kid and uh, I was always watching them. Jason was always always the top guy from Australia and when I was actually racing junior speedway, Lee really helped me a lot. He, uh, I'd done a lot of coaching schools with Lee and I spent a bit of time at his house and stuff and he, he really helped me a lot in the junior scene. And then, and then once I came over to Europe, the first, the first seasons, Jason actually, well, it was probably around the same time he retired and uh, I actually bought a lot of stuff off him when he retired. And uh, yeah, he started helping me a lot in my, in my senior career and uh yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that they were probably my heroes when I was a kid and now I can say that I'm probably friends with both of them and uh, it's pretty cool to think about it, actually. Speedway is a small little world, though, isn't it? And it is like that, you know, that give it a few years and people who are world champions now, you could be at the tapes next to them in, in some meeting or another. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was I was just a kid watching on TV, and then and then all of a sudden I'm at the tapes racing against him, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So when you do have that moment, then when you head out in a race, coming down to the tapes, and you're looking across and you're seeing some of your idols there, do you do you have that moment where you're having a bit of a a reality check and a pinch yourself moment? Yeah, for sure. I remember my first years in Polish league. Was, that was and when I raced for Lesno. That was probably the first time I really raced against all the top guys, and for the first time, and that was you know pretty cool. You line up with Nikki and Greg, and uh, yeah, they were they were cool moments that for sure I'll I'll remember. You got you get the visa, which is something Ben um, mentioned quite a few times actually about how hard it is. You know, you've got to finish in the well. He had to finish in the top four um, of his state championships to qualify for the visa to be able to come and ride uh, in the UK. Um, and was that same sort of thing for you? I think you you uh, you won yours, didn't you? <laughs> so maybe, maybe it'd be easier. I was actually state champion the the year that I came over, but I didn't re- require that for my visa because I had my my grandparents were from Scotland, actually. So I uh, yeah, I didn't. I had a different kind of visa to to everyone else, so I didn't really rely on that. But I. I would have qualified anyway, if that makes any difference. <laughs> well, yeah, covered all ends up. That's interesting then. So for you, this whole you know, worrying about the visa and, and qualifying is, is not as a big a concern. And, and secretly, you, you're uh, you're part Scotsman. Yeah, an ancestry visa, which I can stay here for, for as long as I want, really. And uh, yeah, it's uh, made made life definitely a lot easier for me over the years. Yeah, certainly sounds like an ideal situation. Um, so you'd made an, an impression in your first season or two with Somerset, and uh, that caught the attention of uh, a certain Mr. Matt Ford. And before you know it, you're making the step up to the top level with the Pool Pirates. Tell us about that. Yeah, there was always a. I can't rem- couldn't tell you exactly when, but there was always a, a connection with with me and Matt. I don't know if it was my first year at Somerset, or it, it could have even been before that. And it was pretty much always set in stone that I was going to race for Somerset and then and then go to pool in the years after, and uh, yeah, that would that was cool at the time. They were by far the top club. I think they'd won three years in a row before before I came, and uh, yeah, that was that was always a dream for for any young kid to to watch Chris and Darcy win win all the leagues and. Uh, yeah, and then and then to turn up and and go straight to that club was was a pretty pretty good move in my career, I think. And uh, yeah, they were were some good times. Yeah, and you know that you're in safe hands. I think going to pool, being an Australian, when you consider the other riders from the past who've done the same journey in, in one form or another, you know the likes of Jason Crump or Chris Holder, Jack Holder, Darcy Ward. You know that Matt Ford and Neil Middleditch get it you know they understand the journey you've come on from the other side of the world and you've given everything up and you know you're starting a, a new life in in effect um and you were also one of those riders who have you know lived with Midlow as well in in his house and so many other riders have over the time too and uh you know you get that that home balance that that I know Ben Cook in that previous episode was talking about that uh, you know you leave behind in in coming over here. Yeah, I lived at Midlows for for a long time. Uh, him and Susie were great to me. 
I think I think I might have even lived there before I started riding for pool. Maybe my second year in Somerset, I moved down to pool. So it obviously, already was set that that I was going to race race for pool in the in the coming years. And uh, yeah, I was I was a, a pool man for a lot of years. Yeah, and and you know, it's not just a home for riders, but also you've you've got a place where you can do your bikes. You know, workshop facilities. Um, and as I say, it's a bit of a who's who who's who's been there in the past. You know, Tony Ricardson, um, of course, used to have his workshop at Midlows, and that's now a cafe. And uh, you can <laughs> you can go in there and uh, have a have a bacon butty and a cup of coffee and uh, and, and reminisce on the Ricardson career. Pop in, pop in if you're in the area. But uh, you, you wonder the the conversations that those walls must have heard. Um, and I'm going to try and get Midlow on at some point on this podcast to, to try and talk about some of them because I think the stories the stories there must be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's many top riders who haven't raced for pool at, at some time in their career. I think nearly everyone's passed through there at least once. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a great it's been a great track and a great club. And it's a, it's a shame to see that they're not they're not in the top league anymore. I, I think um, it was last year or certainly the start of last year. And it might have just been at the championship level, but I think there was something like only three or four riders who hadn't at some point ridden for pool in the whole league. Um, I think at the start of the season, it's you know, as you say, everybody's had their moment at least at one point. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that stat's a good thing or a bad thing, but, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely, they've had a lot of riders there. Absolutely. Okay, Brady Kurtz, our guest on Humans of Speedway. In the next part, we'll turn the page on the Bellevue Aces and Brady Kurtz becoming captain and being the captain that finally led the Bellevue Aces to a league championship after 29 years. We'll talk about the Aces and much more in the next part of Humans of Speedway. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. Don't forget to check out some of our previous episodes. There's loads from over the last few years, including with Phil Morris, race director of the Speedway Grand Prix Series and now the Sports Insure Premiership CEO. Also spoke with the likes of Gary Havelock, Kelvin Tatum, Jeremy Doncaster and a heap of other names from the past. Recently, we spoke to um, the new captain of the Pool Pirates, Ben Cook, Alan Rossiter, of course, previously of the Pool Pirates. Uh, We had um, Craig Ackroyd, the referee for Speedway Grand Prix and British Speedway. Uh, I'm sure he has refereed at Pool Pirates at some point, and we have former Pool Pirate Brady Kurtz with us now. But, of course, you left Pool behind. They made the step down to the championship. Um, and then you made the move to the Bellevue Aces, which, you know, that is a, a big step indeed. Another of the famous race jackets of not just British Speedway, but World Speedway when it comes to Club Speedway, the Bellevue Aces, one of the longest established, of course. And uh, would you say, though, that with that comes an element of pressure and expectation as well with, with wearing those famous race jackets? Yeah, I think I think both clubs can definitely relate to that. I think there is a... There was always a lot of pressure and expectation when, when when I was at pool and probably didn't always live up to it and uh, the fans definitely got on your back a little bit when you didn't. But there was also some great fans at, at both clubs and uh, I think Bellevue's probably kind of taken over the mantle from pool, I feel anyway, as as the top top team in in uh, in the league at the moment. You know, we, they've been there or thereabouts every year for the past four or five years now and... Uh, they seem to always be knocking on the door of the final, and uh, yeah, it was nice to finally finally get that win in the last year, and it was definitely a little bit of weight lifted off off the shoulders, that's for sure. And I'm I'm sure Lemo Lemo was a little bit relieved, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a shame we we couldn't produce the goods this year. We we fell a little bit short, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll fight back. Uh, yeah, and it is hard to win these league titles, though. And, and it did take 29 years for Bellevue to do it the last time. Um, and, of course, when you are successful, then the points limit thing comes in. So you have to reset and make changes to that team. And it's not easy winning a league title. Sheffield, you might look at their lineup for this year and go, well, maybe they've actually strengthened in, in one way or another with the, the likes of, you know, they've got Wolfie and now... Uh, Chris and Jack Holder. Um, it's not going to be an easy task, though, is it? For anybody, there's there's no out and out favourite, but it is going to be a tough league this year. I think the you know the, the Premiership in British Speedway is probably as hard as it's been for a long, long time. Yeah, I think Sheffield they're building strong teams year after year. There's there's no doubt about that. They're they're hungry for for success, and uh, they got theirs this year, obviously. And uh, yeah, their their team for next season's going to be tough to beat again. There's there's no doubt about that. And uh, yeah, I think I think the league's looking better than I can ever remember. I think the league's never been stronger, in my opinion, from my generation. Anyway, that's that's for sure. I think the coming years going to be going to be tough every track you go to. And uh, yeah, I think that's only positive signs for for British Speedway, really. And in the Premiership, a couple of new teams coming in, Birmingham and Oxford. Um, I'm wondering if you might have been to Birmingham before, but I'm pretty sure you've never ridden Oxford so far. I've never actually seen either of them before, so uh, I'm trying to, um, So I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be a, a breath of fresh air for, for the league, I think. And to, I've seen some videos and stuff, and both the tracks look really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a new challenge, some new teams. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's only positives. 
And some high quality riders as well, uh, as we've, we've touched on, you know, it's, it's going to be a strong league, but that is because we've got the likes of not only Jason Doyle and Emil Saifutinov back, with the likes of Ipswich, Oxford coming in with, with Matze Janowski, they've got Rowan Tungate as well, Niels Christian Everson with uh, Kings Lynn, along with um, Vadim Tarasenko and Patrick Wodjolo, uh, Max Fricks back. We've already said Ty Wuffenden, Jack Holder, Chris Holder. So it is going to be um, a high-caliber league and maybe some other big names still to be announced somewhere. Yeah, for sure. The the more big names, the better. That's I think British Speedway has been crying out for some, some big guys to come back again. And uh, I think it's funny. It was kind of a bit of a trend to, to not want to race in England anymore. You know, the top guys all kind of palmed it off and just tried to focus on Poland. And I think... When Emil came back last year, I think it's 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 kind of turned a corner for for British Speedway. I think it made a lot of people really look at it and take British League a little bit more seriously and think that 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 could be a, a way to help them improve again. And uh, yeah, I've I've heard a lot of rumours and I've spoke to a lot of people that are that are willing to come back and would like to race in England again. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can see a bit of a return and a lot of top riders coming back. It's a positive, you know, for the spectators wherever they are, whether on TV or or in the stadium. But for the clubs, you know, these top level riders are bringing people in. Sheffield saw it when they signed uh, Ty Wuffenden and then Chris Holder as well. You know, people turn up to see those riders. Same for Saifutinov, whether he's home or away. And speaking of which, one of the great races of 2023 has to be that one between Ipswich and Bellevue at the National Speedway Stadium with Doyle and Saifutinov and Bewley and yourself going at it for four laps. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way of Bellevue or indeed yourself. <laughs> Nonetheless. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> okay, great race. No, but I think it's, it's, it's races like that that what we need to, to boost British Speedway again and get more people interested. And uh, it's it's matches like that which, which create such a great atmosphere and people want to watch. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was happy to be a part of it. Wish the result could have been different, but it wasn't in... Uh, yeah, but it's, it's it was it was I think it was unreal to see what Emil did in the year this year. I think uh, he was he was unre- unbelievable, pretty much. I think it was probably one of the best performances over an entire season that I've I've seen from any rider in England, and uh, it was it was cool to see him back. Four laps to determine. Here we go. Takes up. We're underway. Bewley's made a good start. Dawn has made an even better one. Certainly Kurtz is there. Here comes Bewley on the inside. Saifuda up around the outside in a second place. Doyle coming through into third. Kurtz has gone off there. Look at Bewley. Bewley on the inside. Incredible move from Bewley again. Doyle. Doyle fires himself back to the front. Bewley's now in front. Saifuda up into third place. You can third blanket over all four riders. And for Emil as well, I don't think people fully realise just how good he was. He was the rider of the season in this country. But, of course, he was pretty much up there, second only to Bartosz Smarslik in Extraliga as well, as statistics go. Uh, the two of them a long way ahead of the rest of the pack, by the way. So you do wonder what it would have been like in 2023 had Emil been allowed to ride in the Grand Prix because statistics sort of suggest it would have been a lot closer for Barcelona, put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I think if there's one guy that can really push Smarzik, it's, def- it's definitely Emil if, if he's ever allowed back in the GP series again. But he's always been really good in, in the league racing. Obviously, me and him rode together for two or three years in Lesno and he was always top three in the averages at the end of the season if not i'm sure he even finished top a a few times and uh 
yeah, he's always been always been a good rider. I think one of the reasons that Bellevue won that title in in 2022 was the chemistry that you all have, and I think it's fine looking at a list of riders statistically. Uh, you know who who's going to score points and best average and all that, but the people have got to get along together, haven't they? You, you've got to have a good group of people, and I think we see it now. You know, you, you've we're recording this. You've just come back from a little bit of a breakaway with Dan Bewley mountain biking, and you know you and you, Jamin and, and Dan, hang out quite a lot as well, don't you? We're away from the track, even now the season's long gone. Yeah, for sure. The last couple of years, we've had really, really good teams for, for that side of it. And this year was definitely no different. And me and Dan are really good friends. We're always together during the week, mountain biking and doing whatever whatever else we can get up to. And uh, me and Jamin have been really good friends for a lot of years as well. So it's been it's been cool to have all us three together. And uh, obviously, Charles has been there for a few years as well. Me and him go a long way back. We were teammates at the very start at Somerset and uh yeah we seem to be following each other around for year after year and uh no we've had we've had great teams and uh, I've really really enjoyed being at Bellevue the last few years it's been uh it's it's been it's been really good and looking ahead to 2024 then um as we said it's going to be a, a much more difficult year um are you confident then that this this is going to be something that you know Bellevue are going to take the fight to all competitors um, once the season gets underway. I think it's going to get underway pretty soon as well. I think start of uh, March, they're on about. So we'll be in, in action sooner than later. Yeah, I can't see why not. I I don't actually know the final the final parts of our team, but obviously the, the majority of it. And uh, I think there's there's no reason why, why we can't be at the top again. I think we're going to have a similar team to last year. And uh, if we can pick up where we left off, then... I think we'll we'll start off in a in a pretty good spot, and uh, obviously we're all going to need to improve a little bit if if we're going to really really push the the strong teams. But uh, yeah, I think I think we'll be there or thereabouts. That's for sure. I know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really make a massive amount of difference apart from in say the you know the knockout cup and and so on, but. The starts that Bellevue have had to seasons the last couple of years haven't been ideal, have they? So that gets you on a back foot, especially when you get beat home and away by Sheffield. It sort of adds a little bit of extra needle, perhaps. So maybe something there that an area they'd be looking to to address and and start all guns blazing this year. It's, it seems to be a bit of a reoccurring trend at Bellevue that we're absolutely terrible in the first few meetings, and then and then we we something happens, and uh, and then we're good for the rest of the year, but. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'm not sure where we where we went wrong, but uh, the majority of the season was was really good. We won loads of away matches. We were always good at home, and uh, yeah, we're going to be definitely looking at a few things where where we went wrong from last year and trying to improve that for the for the coming year. And uh, yeah, but with with a similar team, I think hopefully we can we can carry our form straight into March. Hopefully. And it's, as we mentioned already, it's, it, there's so much, though, that is out of your control. You know, there's a lot of luck involved. You can't control what the other teams are doing and how that puts pressure on you. You can control your own game and your own meetings, but then you can't legislate for somebody breaking down or a rider getting involved in, a, in a, you know, some kind of incident abroad that's not his fault and rules them out for however long in the season. So you need all this luck and performance really to come together at the right time don't you yeah a league a league trophy is definitely not easy to come by that's for sure it's it's fair play to the clubs who have won it back to back or three in a row before because that's a 
definitely a big job to, to produce that year after year. And like you said, so many things can go wrong in, in one day or one race. You know, it can come down to, to one race in the end. And, uh, yeah, you've always you've always got to have a little bit of luck to win anything in sport, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's got to be – I think it's got to be your day. And we're focused here on Bellevue, of course, uh, but your season goes much further than that. Uh, when things get going, you're going to have a, a busy time, I'm sure, hopping on planes and, and travelling the continent. What, what have you got lined up elsewhere for 2024? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm already signed up for Ribnik again. I really enjoyed my year there. I haven't. I rode there six years ago, maybe, for, for half a season, and I, I really enjoyed it then, and I've, really, I've always wanted to go back and... I feel like I had a good year there. We finished second and uh, we've got quite a strong team for next year, I think. So we're really going to be pushing to hopefully win and get promoted back to extra league. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm also in the squad again for Melilla. I've been there for a few years now and it's, everything's been really good. We, well, we won the league obviously this year and uh, yeah, so looking for possibly back to back, but uh, we will see. And some familiar faces, of course, in that Ribnik side as well, because Norik Bladorn's in the team with you there as well, and Rowan Tungate, who's just been announced as being part of the new Oxford Spires team. He's he's also involved in that, so uh, people you know well. Yeah, I think it's, things are looking looking pretty positive for Ribnik. I think it's a strong team. I've raced with Rowan a few years in Woods previously, and uh, it was always good, so I'm looking forward to, to him joining us. And uh, I think Norik will be a good addition as the under-24 rider. It's, it's not really easy to find a decent under twenty four rider in the Polish league, so I think it'll be good for good for him also to to come to a Polish team, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll excel there. If you're ever wondering where Norik Bladorn is in the pits, you don't actually have to look at the faces, do you? You can look at the floor and find the guy who's wearing some Crocs, particularly if they're outlandish Crocs. And uh, you've probably located Norik Bladorn. It's probably about time. Probably about time he got his own range. <laughs> his, uh, his own line of Crocs will definitely, definitely be coming out shortly. <laughs> Ones with harder toes for, for track walk, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Reinforced Crocs. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> and and what's the what's the ultimate aim then for you? Uh, obviously now you're going to to Australia for for the winter and and in some of those meetings then is there the the chance to get in in the the qualifiers for for Grand Prix qualification? How does how does that work? And and what's your sort of ultimate aim and where you want to head? I'm not sure exactly how many places Australia are going to get for the for next year, but obviously my goal is to be Aussie champion again. You know I've won before and. I'd really like to stand back up the top again, and uh, I haven't had much success there the last the last couple of years. Obviously, last year wasn't great, and uh, Corona before that, and yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to to get back up the top of that championship and get my place in the GP qualification again. I'd really like to to push pretty hard to to try and be successful in that next year, and uh, yeah, first first job on the cards is the the Aussie Championship, so a lot of focus and going into that making sure everything's good and ready to go so we will uh we'll see how we go you have got grand prix experience though brady you were the wild card in 2016 in melbourne which was that one of that massive stadium huge track um and bartos smarslik a, a relatively unknown up-and-comer at the time was riding in that meeting as well so that i mean a fantastic experience to, to at that stage you know you just become the aussie champion uh, to be riding in a grand prix yeah it was a really cool track they had in melbourne i think 
it helped obviously that the stadium was big and they could make it a little bit bigger than Cardiff and Warsaw and it was the the perfect indoor track really. But that was cool when I was the yeah, I was the wild card for one year. I was also a reserve once, possibly the year after. And uh, I'd done a couple of heats and yeah, it was it was cool. It'd be be cool to get the GP back in Australia, but it'd also be nice to to actually qualify one year and, and get a start. So uh yeah, hopefully hopefully things can go well for me in, in Oz this year. Here's the next race, Kilderman, Denmark, Pavlicki, Poland, Kurtz, Australia, Smarslik on the outside in the yellow helmet colour as well, just to spice things up a little more. Kilderman, a Grand Prix winner, Pavlicki, Smarslik, can't wait for this. Oh, Waves in the air, Kurtz moves slightly at the start. Let's see how it transpires. Kilderman, the Dane, has gone to the front. Here come the challengers. Pavlicki sweeps by on the outside. Also looking quick out there is Smarslik. He's in third. And uh, the young Australian Brady Kurtz is fourth, but not that far away from the lead. Great manoeuvre by Brady Kurtz up the inside of Kilderman there. Don't... He's going to drift wide again. No, just enough to keep Kilderman out. Great race. Great ride by Bartel Smarslik there. He is the most exciting young rider I have seen come on the scene for a long time. You'll have every league club in the world trying to sign him. Good ride, Brady Kurtz, the Australian champion, having a big crack there. You've had the experience of the day of going along, and you know I think you see you've been a track reserve as well as as being the wild card. But you also are friends with Dan Bewley, for example, and, and obviously a number of others who are on the Grand Prix scene, and you see how it transforms them. You know, as 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 their. Um, place as a rider the the resources they suddenly have the extra sponsorship and everything else and just how important is it how big a deal is it becoming a grand prix rider being a gp rider is absolutely going to boost your profile that's for sure but i think it can it can also bring probably a little bit of confidence back to the league racing knowing that you are you're one of the grand prix riders you're one of the top guys and you probably should be be winning all the time and uh it can also, I guess, bring you down if, if you're not ready for the series and you go in. I think it can. There's tough meetings week after week, and no one wants to be to be getting flogged in the GP series all year. You know, I think if you if you qualify, you really you really need to be ready to to be in the top eight or top six or fighting for that at least. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's where I'd like to be, I guess. And uh, I'm definitely going to be going to be pushing for it. And you know that you have the you know the talent and and the gear as well because a lot of these riders whilst they might be riding in a grand prix of course you meet them often in in the league the majority of them and you know that you're capable of of keeping up with them of hanging with them of beating them because you've done it in the past and so it's just a case of that consistency i think isn't it when you've got to get through those qualifying rounds to to get into a grand prix series yeah obviously in the league in the league racing i've raced and pro- probably at some point i've definitely beaten all of them at, at, at least a couple of times and uh i think i can see myself definitely being at that level it's just it's it's not an easy road to get there that's for sure i think it's it's a very small window of people who who get their chance in in the gp and uh if you do get in there you really need to make the most of it and uh yeah if, if i qualify i definitely need to make sure that I'm ready and prepared and I think the last few years I've been building my equipment to to the highest standard that I can and I've constantly been progressing and uh yeah I think the equipment side of it's definitely definitely there I've got the the best gear possible I think and uh yeah it's just just down to me now really 
Speedway of Nations is coming to the National Speedway Stadium. Uh, Mark Lemon, of course, is the boss of the national team as well as the uh, boss of the team that you captain. Are you hoping that you're going to be on the radar for that? Clearly, there's a lot of competition uh, with it being a pairs tournament. But uh, on your home track, do you fancy that uh, you, you might be worth a shout? Yeah, of course, I'd li- I'd love to be in it. You know, I'd I'd like to be in it no matter what track or what country it's in. It it'd be it's always an honour to represent your country and. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, a, it's a little while away yet though. But uh, yeah, for sure, that's something on my list that that I'd love to to be in and be good enough to be in and uh, mix it with the top guys. And uh, being at Bellevue, I don't know if that'll really help me too much in the selection. But it's it'd definitely be nice to know that it is on a track that that I go well at and uh, pretty familiar with, I guess. Uh, well, this is it, isn't it? You know, you, you're going to have this advantage this this year. You know, going into the summer, if you're if you're on on form, then surely you've got to have a case. Yeah, I go, I go well there, but uh, I think things like that kind of don't really count all that much when it comes to the the top guys in the world. I think it, it doesn't matter how good you are on a on a track. The Smarzik's going to come, and he's going to be just as good without even practicing on it. And uh, it's all about you know who's going good at the time and. Being being a top guy on that level is a, a different step, and uh, yeah, we'll see see how the season's going when when it comes up. I'm not sure when it is, July or June or uh, middle of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll be be selected on who's going well at that time, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Okay, uh, Brady Kurtz is our guest on this episode of Humans of Speedway. We're going to have a uh, quick break. And then in the final part, Brady Kurtz is going to uh, design his dream Speedway meeting. What's his favourite track? Who'd be in his all-time one to seven? Just a few of the questions coming up next on Humans of Speedway. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. Join us most weeks in the winter off-season in British and European Speedway to uh, hear a different human from the Speedway world talk about what they do. Not always a rider. Our previous episode was with Craig Ackroyd, Speedway Grand Prix referee. I've also spoken to Alan Rossiter and Ben Cook in this series and many other in the previous three series. Hans Nielsen is on the way in the future, so do not miss that one. Right now, our guest is Brady Kurtz of the Bellevue Aces from the last couple of years, and he was the title-winning captain with the Aces in 2022. But how would Brady's Dream Speedway meeting look? And who would be there and involved in it? That's what we're going to try and uncover now. And Brady, first of all, my first question to you is to tell us about which track you love racing the most, irrespective of the facilities or the location in the world or anything else. You, on your bike, you've got the back end out, sliding round, full on. Uh, which track is, is, the, is your one that you would say is your favourite? Definitely Woods in Poland, I think. I rode there for two years three, two and a half years, something like that. And definitely that's got to be my favorite track in the world for sure. I love racing on that track so much. It's a, it's a great shape. It was modeled a little bit after Torrent, but I think, I think the racing is actually better in wood. It's not very big, but perfect shape. It's a great banking on it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely my favorite one. Okay, so that's the track. What about the stadium now? The one for the atmosphere uh, and all the rest of it. Um, you must have ridden in some some hot atmospheres in Poland, particularly. You've obviously, you've ridden in that massive cavernous uh, place in in Melbourne as well. But which which stadium would you pick? That's the atmosphere. It's definitely got to be one of the extra league tracks. Probably one that's a that's a proper stadium inside. 
When when I raced in the actual league final in Lesno before, that was pretty cool. Full full house and uh, full stadium to win to win the league. That was that's probably the best stadium atmosphere that I've experienced. But I think uh, I think there's been some good ones in in actual league in the past. That's for sure. I think Rosslav looks pretty cool at the moment. They're always full and with great teams. Really nice stadium and uh, yeah, I think I think the the actual league in Poland's just on another level. Extra league, of course, is on another level every week. But when it comes to a final, you know that's a big occasion, isn't it? And you've talked about your experience, but also a bit of. Uh, 2023 Bellevue connection with it as well because with Ty Wolfenden getting injured that opened an opportunity for Charles Wright and unfortunately he then got injured which opened a door for Connor Bailey so they both got to experience that in some way if, if not the event itself the, the build up at least and, and see what it's all about not not too many people get to experience an actual league final and if, if they're lucky enough to win it as well it's, a, it's definitely a special special moment and uh yeah, I'm sure it was a really good experience for for Charles and Connor. Probably not so much a good ending for Charles, but uh, I, I'm sure he enjoyed the the first part of it nonetheless. And uh, yeah, the, the final there's there's pretty cool. Certainly is right. Let's get to your dream team now. Your all time one to seven, Brady. Who's going in your your all time one to seven? Then, if you could pick a dream team, any rider, any era, no points limits. Difficult question. I'm definitely going to go for Rickardson. Emil, I really, really liked watching Emil for a lot of years. I'll go with Darcy as well. Can't, he can't be left out, I don't think. Myself, I've got to be in the team, don't I? If we're, if we're making, a, making my best team, I, I don't want to be left out. I want to be involved. Possibly, I reckon we'll go with Janusz Kolodze. I really like Kolodze. He was obviously in my team in Lesno for a few years, but I really like watching him. I think, I think he's possibly the fastest guy ever. Not not all the time, not all the time. But if you go and watch him in Polish league, I don't think you'll see as many people as fast as him. Who else we got? Two more. We'll go with uh, we'll go with Jason and Lee. I'll pro- I'll probably have to be number seven in that team. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a, a solid lineup there, I think. Solid lineup of champions, <laughs> and no shortage of pool pirates uh, connections there as well. Um, so next question: What do you think? you would fix about Speedway or change about Speedway in order to make it better from your experience as a rider? I would like to fix something about the start line to make the gates even. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, how, we, how we would fix that because if they could, they would. But like, for instance, usually like by the end of the meeting, you can start off gate three and everyone rides across gate three all, all meeting and you pretty much have sometimes no chance to win. And it's a... Uh, yeah, it'd be cool if they could make them even somehow. I've seen it in, in motocross now, obviously, they start off the grid, like the, the the metal grid, so there's no ruts or anything actually on the start line. So something like that could, could be cool, but I don't really know how that would work because we have to ride across it every, every every lap, obviously. So, yeah, but something something like that would be, would be good, I think. And it all depends on the racing line of that particular track. You, you say there's a gate three, but some tracks it could be gate four that – is on the racing line and therefore at a disadvantage as well. And, and you conversely got gates that clearly do have an advantage too. Even not at the end of the meeting, sometimes before the match, one gate's like clearly so much better than the others. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool if we could somehow make them all even. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but good thought. It is a thought and it's out there now. Um, what about referees then? Uh, do you have a particular favourite referee that uh, you enjoy 
racing under their control or uh, or do you actually not even know who the referees are? I kind of don't really know who the referee is a lot of the time. Like obviously sometimes they speak to us on track walk but not not very often but if if we don't see them I never actually really pay attention to who it is. Not I don't really care <laughs> if that makes any sense. I think it's better just not 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 to worry about it. Okay, and um the final question if you're going to uh, pick one team from history an actual team that has existed to race against your your virtual team of all-stars which team would you single out as as being the one you'd love to race against from from back in history yeah i think one of the pool teams i'm i've got a picture in my head of them all all standing there with i'm sure they would have won the league maybe like 2002 there's one there's one team from from that era that i'm um one of them years 2001 uh, see, 2003, they've got a massive list of riders. Lee Adams, Craig Boyce, Tony Rickardson, Magnus Zetterstrom, Antonio Lindback, Christoph Kasperzak. Yeah, good good team, that. Decent team. And um, Lindback's still the track record all around pool as well. So the, uh, the pool era of the early 2000s, your opposition. Well, look, thanks a lot for joining us. Brady and um, all the best for your first of all your adventures to Australia riding in that uh, centenary meeting uh, between Christmas and New Year the Aussie Championships and then back over here um, for uh, action in the Sports Insure Premiership and the rest of Europe as well it's going to be a busy season but thanks for taking the time out to uh, to uh, talk to us about your your career and your uh, time in Speedway Brady no worries thanks for having me on thanks once again to Brady Kurtz for joining us on this episode of Humans of Speedway. And we've got plenty more for you to listen to in this series. Elsewhere, though, you've uh, got a couple of other Speedway podcasts to get on your agenda as well over the course of the winter. You can find out the latest from the British Speedway AGM with an episode of the official British Speedway podcast, No Breaks, No Fear. And uh, that features, of course, myself, but also uh, special guests, which were uh, Chris Louie and Danny Ford, a couple of the board directors of uh, BSPL, British Speedway Promoters Limited and we've also got a uh, podcast with Kelvin Tatum as well, a podcast called Tatum Talks and in the latest episode, uh, Kelvin Tatum is indeed talking about how British Speedway might shape up in 2024 check those out at your leisure and we'll be back very soon with another episode of Humans of Speedway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.